If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks, a podcast that discusses the improvement of physician engagement and physician documentation habits by focusing on the core aspects of clinical documentation integrity. Here is the creator and founder of Core CDI, the co-founder of Top Gun Audit School, and your host of this podcast, Glenn Krause. Hello, everyone. This is Glenn Krause from Wiser Wednesday's Experience Speaks and Core CDI with another great podcast. I'm really privileged today to have two accomplished physicians, Dr. Joe Crea and, uh, and my colleague, Dr. John Zellum. I invited them to the podcast today because they had an excellent post on LinkedIn that really caught my attention. So welcome to the podcast. Dr. Crea, tell me, why is it that physicians on health? What, what are your thoughts? You've been in the healthcare business for a long time. A practice physician initially. What is it about physicians and not being held accountable to a standard of documentation? After all, they owe it to their patients. Clinical documentation is a culture. It's not a process. And as as any culture of in any organization, it comes from the top. It has to be seen as an expectation from the from the C-suite. If, it's not, if that expectation is not set by the president, CEO, CMO, VPMA, and carried through the organization, yeah. you, can't expect, you can't expect physicians to feel accountable because it's not seen as something that's really important. Because the only information and feedback they get are these queries that may or may not be uh, relevant to to the practice and it's really seen as more of more of a uh, more of a hassle absolutely they don't uh, they don't understand all the downstream effects uh not only on the patient but on themselves and the organization so it's they don't see it as a priority and it's seen as a bother because that's the way it's presented in the culture of the organization you can't fix culture with process. And most of the time, these uh, organizations, hospitals in particular, uh, try and tweak process when we really need to change culture. And how do you do that? I mean, you know, one of the things I'm concerned about is when CDI people tell me physicians are not engaged or administration doesn't know what CDI does, how can these programs be successful without a strong culture? I, I don't understand 
uh, how we're trying to, and I like that comment of yours. You can't change culture with processes. Right. And so number one, it has, it has to be a organization-wide priority. It has to start with the very top. But that being said, the other failing, even from a process standpoint, is feedback. Frequently, the only feedback the physician gets is, is the query. And that's only when, they're, when they've missed something. That's, but, that's they right. have no, but they have no idea what that query, what happened after the query was, was answered. They don't know, was there a change in... Uh, the DRG, which is a change in CMI. Did it change the severity of illness, risk of mortality? What are, the, what are these things that I'm doing that I'm asked to do? What are those effects? No one's giving them that feedback. So if, you can't, if you're not getting expectations set at the top and you're not getting feedback and from, the, from the bottom, the physician has no uh, reasonable expectation that this is really uh, something that they, they're being held accountable for, and they just see it as a uh, as a revenue enhancement That's that they're right. kind of they're kind of stuck they're stuck in the middle, and they and they get and they get somewhat angry about it. They don't understand because they're not given the information. Right, and I think sometimes feel strongly that physicians feel they're targets of queries. It's just a way for the hospital to make more money. Right, very very. But, uh, Go ahead, Dr. Zone. But, Glenn, I, and, and Joe, I, I want to add this because you Please. mentioned that, uh, that physicians see this as revenue enhancement for the facility, but physicians have no problem with doing things for revenue enhancement for themselves. And, uh, you know, that's, it's kind of a, a strong statement, but it's a reality. And it, it's part of their culture, too, that needs to be changed. And, and I will add, uh, you know, I think your, your, your concept of culture, your concept of change is spot on. But that culture change not only needs to go with physicians, it needs to go with executives. Because in my years of, of visiting hospitals, what always drove me nuts is yes. that when I ran across a, a, an executive, a hospital CEO, CFO, or whatever, that bent over backwards to not have physicians do what they're supposed to do, and all that did was enable poor behavior. And on the other hand, there are physicians who will not attend a meeting. And as you know, Joe, from our years before, it was a requirement for us to go to medical staff meetings, to have uh, department meetings, to have M&M, all those meetings in the past, and none of them are required right now. Uh, trying to get physicians to come to uh, educational sessions, they, they just don't show up, but they will say, pay me to go there. And, I, and I'll be there. And so, I, you know, there are problems on, on, on both sides, executive level and physician side, uh, aside from the fact that uh, physicians have not been forced, and I use that word cautiously, yes, forced yeah. to do better documentation. And as you, as you said in your LinkedIn post, there's no other business out there that would allow employees, and granted physicians are not employees, but to not do what they're supposed to do in order to provide revenue for the services provided. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Salam, can you elaborate on your WIFM? Uh, you love that WIFM. <laughs> my, my favorite physician radio station, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me. 
And there's nothing wrong with having that uh, to a certain extent. But on, on the other hand, hospitals deserve to be paid. Physician, hospitals must follow physician orders. If a physician orders a service by law, state law, federal law, the, the hospital must follow through with those orders. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, there's nothing wrong with people doing things for, for what, you know, for what they can benefit out of it. That's human nature. Everybody wants to do something. But on the other hand, uh, hospitals deserve to get paid, and we need to work with our hospitals. If you didn't have a hospital to send your patients to, what would you do? Uh, on the other hand, I want to get your thoughts, both of you, on, you know, I have a very close colleague, director of revenue cycle for a health system physician practice, 800 physicians in Ohio. And he once said to me, how come, how come CDI is just focusing on the hospital side? And I always said this myself, there's tremendous benefit to help the physicians on the physician side through documentation integrity, true efforts of documentation integrity do you think that physicians would be more engaged and we can hold them more accountable? Think of all the physicians who are employed, not like Dr. Zellman, you said, not all physicians are employed, but a lot more physicians are employed, particularly hospice programs and even some specialists in health, big health systems. Why is it that we're not holding them accountable or how can CDI expand to bring into the account of the E&Ms and the documentation for the patient care uh, and the byproduct is solid documentation. We don't, even, we don't even approach documentation integrity from a physician coding and billing perspective and that shouldn't be our main priority. Would it be helpful if we were able to bridge that gap? Well, after all, Dr. Zum, as we mentioned in our, you know, our UM 360 concept, everyone's looking at the same record. Why not improve it for many different reasons? And you know, that's the cement. Uh, that's the cement of the concept that I've been working on: utilization management 360 for all of those components. Everybody's looking at the same chart. Korea, what are your thoughts? It's one way to hold physicians accountable, make the leap between documentation and the, and the solid communication for the patient, but after all, medicine's a business. Shouldn't we be focusing on the fact that physicians drive revenue? But like Dr. Zellum said, nothing can be ordered or delivered without a physician order. I think only service that can be provided without a physician order is a screening mammogram. So we're really at the mercy of the physician. And there was an interesting post uh, uh, article on Becker's about the top 20 specialties that generate revenue. And, you know, I was thinking that's not net patient revenue, that's general revenue. What are your thoughts? Well, I agree, and uh, to the to the credit, the uh, the hospital system that I'm uh, working at now, which is Appalachian yes, Regional, in particular, Harlan is doing exactly that. Their their CDI is actually uh, just started going into the uh, physician physicians' offices, especially, and not necessarily the the employed physicians, the private physicians, and helping them with uh, their documentation in the office, with the idea that uh, if they see improvement in their own practice that'll carry over in, into the hospital side. So I, I think that is an excellent idea. It is being done. I think it's relatively uh, new, uh, but I think it's also probably more difficult because it's difficult to have, you know, a, a dedicated CDI team for 
for an office practice. A lot of times, that's, a lot of times that's just done by really an office manager. Uh, but I mean, it, it, it's being done. It's it's an idea. It's out there. I think it's it's really in its nascent stages. But the 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 idea that it should carry into the hospital is I I think it's a solid plan. A lot of it is the physicians, uh, and it's, this goes back to the, what I mentioned before about getting about getting feedback. Mm-hmm. The, the the patient patient X yes, sir. with diagnosis Y is going to cost the hospital in resources due to the physician's orders mm-hmm. X amount of dollars. The documentation has to cover that X amount of dollars. If your documentation isn't doing that or allowing the hospital to do that, to me, that's a professionalism issue. It is, really. You have have to go to the physician on a regular basis, monthly or whatever, and say, okay, doctor, thank you very much for your service, and here's your results. You spent uh, $100,000, but we only recovered $80,000, and most of that was because... You didn't answer your queries. You didn't have your documentation wasn't up to snuff. We're willing to remediate you, but we're also going to be following you over time. And you know, so you know, I hate to bring out economic credentialing, but yes, you know, that's real, that's that's really the point. If you're, you know, I, I, we appreciate you taking care of our patients, but we're not going to be able to do that if you're not going to at least cover your, the costs that you are creating. The physician is creating the the cost. Uh, by by his plan of care or her plan of care and their orders. So they have an obligation to provide the appropriate revenue or to or the, their care has to be uh, scaled down to, to be more appropriate with uh, with the diagnosis or the final diagnosis. I mean, you can't do million-dollar workups on every sore throat, right? That's right. Everyone, everyone believes that, but, you know, as – patients get sicker, you tend to do more because you don't want to miss something. And you know, Joe, I couldn't agree with you more. And the thing that goes along with, I said that what frustrates me when executives will bend over backwards, you start talking to some of these executives about the the needs and, and they'll say, oh, but you know, they're okay. Leave them alone. They bring a lot of business here. Really? Is that the type of business that you want? I was at a facility, too, where I was talking to a group, and the head of the hospice was there, and he kept saying, you know, I kept telling them the things that that they need to do, and he said to me, well, they're just going to tell me no, and I'll say something else, so they're going to tell me no. And I said, what is the most common word from a two-year-old and a three-year-old? And everybody resoundingly said no, and I said, so... Um, not that I'm saying that your docs are acting like a bunch of toddlers, but the reality is is that you should not accept no. It's not, it's not no, you won't do it. It's how can we make it work. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to close with this because I think this is, is certainly relevant, okay? If we had to restructure CDI programs, with, I know you're familiar with them. You work with them. You know exactly what they're the, the intent is, uh, how do we restructure, and I call it redesign and reposition CDI programs so they're more engaging to physicians? So it makes it easier for them to be accountable for good documentation, not more, 
more effective, better documentation? What what do you see as the starting point for transitioning to a real CDI program that helps physicians facilitate communication, not harass them with queries? If you're going to restart a system, you almost have to uh, engineer it backwards. You start with okay. the, the outcome desired and how do you get that desired outcome? And the vast majority, I think, that of uh, things that could be fixed is with feedback to the physician. Uh, on a regular basis, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever it is, all of these CDI issues, the queries, the diagnoses, DRGs, now all this, all this is already in, in a database okay, yes. for, for revenue capture. Mm -hmm. it, it has to be given to the physician, not necessarily public, but be made public to the physician and maybe in its, uh, the department chair and the VPMA. And then on a regular basis, we're going to go over your numbers. Okay, you've, here's how much you cost the hospital. Here's how much you brought in. Mm -hmm. the, here's the shortfall. Here's your queries. Here's how many you answered. Here's the, your original DRG. I mean, all this data that's readily available that could very easily be put into a, a, a monthly or a, a quarterly report that goes mm -hmm. directly to the physician, and it, it goes over with their department head or the CMO, VPMA, or, or whoever, whoever that person is. So that's, that's, from a process standpoint, that's what I think would make the biggest change. From, the other, from a culture standpoint, it has to, it has to come from the top. It, it's this, the, the president, CEO, the physician, or the CMO, VPMA, has to make it known publicly and, with, and back it up that this is the way we do things here. If you're not going to do it, then you're not going to practice here. I don't care how much money you think you're bringing in. You're costing us money, and here's the proof. And I think it's also important to feed, provide feedback on denials, medical necessity denials, clinical validation denials, DRG downgrades, uh, because all to me, more than 50% of medical necessity denials are avoidable. We just don't have... Right. Patient does. I always say the patient doesn't have a sufficient history of present illness. That's where medical necessity starts. Physicians are physicians are data oriented, and if you're not giving them the data, then they have no no reason to believe that what you're telling them has any validity. Absolutely, Dr. Zellum. In closing, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Glenn, uh, and I and I know you and I have, have, have talked about this before, but you know, in in your your most recent comments, you focus so much on CDI. Uh, you did mention medical necessity, but as I always say, if you do not have the documentation to support the acuity of a patient as an inpatient level of care, then you don't have to worry about CDI because they're not going to get involved and. Medical necessity and CDI have been in separate silos for so long, but those silos are starting to break down with the understanding that one is dependent upon the other. Absolutely. Again, because everybody's looking at the same medical record, but we need to get that. We need to start right at the beginning. And the other thing, Joe, I, I again, I totally agree with you on your, your concept of changing the culture and realize I heard this one time and I think it makes a lot of sense. It takes at least six months to adopt a new culture. And today's the best time to start. 
Absolutely, particularly since hospitals are really suffering from the financial hardships of COVID-19. Uh, the AHA said uh, up to the end of, from March till I think the end of June, uh, hospitals are spending, to, are gonna be, uh, estimated to spend $202 billion of costs associated with treating uh, COVID-19 patients. It's a big hole to be into. So I really appreciate your time. Great thoughts, uh, Dr. Zellum from Streamline Solutions Consulting, Dr. Korea from uh, Sound Advisory Services. We appreciate your time. Your thoughts are, uh, make a lot of sense and well-developed. Well and folks, just to let you know, tune in. We're going to be having Wiser Wednesday podcast every other Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be on iTunes. I'm going to be posting them on LinkedIn and various other podcast sources. And if you haven't checked out uh, core-cdi.com, uh, core we have a lot of podcasts and information and resources. And also topgunauditschool.com. I'm a co-founder and we actually have a uh, quite a few webinars uh, available on the website. So thanks again, Dr. Kriya and Dr. Zellum. Appreciate your help and keep up the fight. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Glenn Krauss can be found on LinkedIn. Make sure to subscribe to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks on Anchor.fm or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to also visit core-cdi.com for CDI and Revenue Cycle Consulting Services and topgunauditschool.com, a coaching service for hospital and clinicians. This podcast was produced by medicalcodinggeek.com. Medicalcordinggeek.com